0: all starts from the mindset i tell people i have two multi-million dollar companies and i tell them i'm just the girl that wet the bed until she was 10 from being abused i'm the girl that was couldn't read until she was in fourth grade and i'm the girl that hasn't lived at home since she was 13 that's who i am and there's nothing special about me there's nothing that makes me you know i'm just that girl that ended up you know becoming a boss babe right like that's it
1: a boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise, keep going and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own vision of success.
2: Before we start this episode, I also want to just give a quick trigger warning as There is a brief moment in this episode where we discuss a topic of violence and abuse that Krista experienced in her childhood. For some of you, this might be a little bit disturbing. So I just wanted to give you the heads up and give you the option to skip through those sections or jump into one of our previous episodes or an episode that we have coming on Friday. If you want more content on how to use selling as a service and use your story to make an impact, but you feel this episode will be a trigger for you, episode 198 with the listener is also an excellent alternative just for that. Hello and welcome back to the Boss Babe podcast, the place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance, and really learning how to balance it all. I'm Danielle county Boss Babe co-founder and your host for today's episode. So let's dive right into this one. Let's talk about numbers. Let's talk about sales. And I have invited an amazing woman on today. She sold over 2,300 homes, which if you are in real estate, you will know that is an incredible amount of homes. She has taught over a thousand agents and lenders how to increase their sales. And she's been in the top 1% of realtors for 20 years. Now, you probably agree with me, this woman's gonna know a lot about making sales and closing the sales. And that's exactly why I invited on Krista Mashore, realtor and best selling author who's been featured in Forbes magazine, The Wall Street Journal, NBC, and Fox, and named Yahoo's finance number one digital marketer to watch in 2021. And I invited her on to talk about selling because it can be a taboo subject. We sometimes aren't confident enough to share that we want to sell, that we want to talk about sales. And as I've shared with you guys many time, really it's about looking at selling being a service. If you've got a product that you're really proud of, why shouldn't you get it into the hands of more people? And that's what we're talking about here. But we're also talking about actually what makes a good sale, how you close, some of the things that you need to be doing before the sale even takes place to actually realize that potential at the back end. So how to make sure that your close rate drastically increases so get ready grab a paper or pen i always say this but it's always so true we give so many actionable tips and this podcast is not out of the ordinary there so listen up grab a paper and pen write your notes do what you need to do and by the end of this i promise you you will be looking at sales completely differently welcome to the Boss Babe podcast.
0: Thanks for having me, Danielle. I'm super excited. You guys are just such boss babes.
2: I am so excited to have you on today and particularly to talk about sales because I've been following your journey. You are part of Russell Brunson's Comma Club. Two Is that two Comma Award you've got so far?
0: No, I've got eight Two Comma Club Awards. Then I've got the 10X Award, which is $10 million. And then I've got the $25 million Award. So I've got It, It is insane. I know. I was like,
2: wait, there's a whole list of them. And I'm really excited to talk to you because you have achieved that by making an incredible amount of sales in your business. And as we kind of head towards this like next era of a difficult economic climate and really understanding how to make sales, not just now but in the future, I really want to dive into that with you today and talk about mindset around sales because it's not like you grew up being a multimillionaire. So I would love to hear a little bit more, Krista, about your journey to wealth in many ways.
0: Yes. Okay, Danielle. So one of the things that I've learned is to learn from people who have done what you're trying to do. And so Russell Brunson, I'm in his category king. I've been mentoring with him for about four years. And I was at Funnel Hacking Live about a year and a half ago it's actually been two years and Russell was the whole thing was about your story and helping how it can help people and impact people. And I remember getting on the plane and like just starting to bawl. I was like, I wrote my mom a letter because I, I felt so compelled to, to tell my story. And, and I had been telling a story about my divorce, which is a true story, but it really wasn't like the one I should have been telling. And so I wrote my mom a letter asking her if I could tell my story. And so it took me over two weeks just to give her the letter because I was so scared to. And I gave her the letter. Finally, she doesn't respond for two weeks. And then she calls me one day and says, let's go to lunch to talk about the letter. So we go to lunch. We never mentioned the letter, but that was my okay that I could share the story. So people see people that are successful. And I think a lot of times they're looking for all the reasons why that person is successful and the reasons why they aren't. So they they almost may, and this, this sounds, I don't mean to be blunt, but I'm going to be, this is this is very blunt, but they look, they, they look for reasons, which I call excuses as to why that person, Oh, it's because, you know, Danielle is so beautiful. And because she, you know, she's so doing so well with her podcast because she's so beautiful and she has that gorgeous accent and, you know, Oh, because of she was born here and she's, you know, they, they, but I can't do that because I'm not as pretty and I'm not as, I wasn't just born into money. So that's why I'm not successful. So I, I want to tell you a little bit to understand where I come from and I have not lived at home since I was 13 years old. My mom, who is one of my dearest friends, and I love her so much, and she's been a huge part of my healing, but she was physically abusive when I was younger, and it was pretty bad, abusive. Um, I remember one time I was in the bathtub, and she was holding me from my ankles, and she was putting me up and down in the water. My head was hitting the porcelain. and I was like choking on my hair and on the water. And I, I asked her, Mom, is that a real memory? Because when you have it, when you're abused, you you forget a lot, and I, I have a huge gap in my memory. And she goes, "Honey, you just any your memory that you have, you need to know that it's probably true, right?" So that just to kind of give you an idea of the, the the abuse. But it was like I lived in two different families because I had this loving mom at sometimes with the loving dad who is the most amazing father in the entire world, and we did family things together and we were happy. And then my dad worked a lot, so when he was at work and my mom had an outburst, like. You know, she'd be crying on the toilet, apologizing for the abuse that just happened. So it was like I lived two different lives, almost. If so that makes sense. So when I was thirteen, I I started running away from home, and then I ended up. It was over a year I was running away, and so finally I ended up breaking into my eighth grade locker room and stealing all the kids, the girls' lunch money and their clothes because we needed clothes and we needed money. That ended me up in juvenile hall. So I got sent to juvenile hall, and I will never forget juvenile hall. Oh my gosh, I was like this. I mean, I was raised Jehovah's Witness. I'm not one now, but I was raised a super, you know, like I was this really kind of a nervous kid. I didn't ever feel like I felt in because when you're abused, like you just don't, you never feel like you're worthy enough or you're wanted or you fit in and you're always like, you just feel weird. So I remember being in there thinking, oh my God, I'm going to die in here. I, I watched this girl who looked like she was like 18 feet tall for, for real. And she took this other girl's hair and she banged it against the porcelain toilet and she started beating her and blood was everywhere. And I was like, I'm going to die in here. So I ended up being okay, obviously, but I stayed in juvenile hall for about three and a half months. And then they sent me to a group home. The group home was called a hidden Hills group home for girls. And there was nothing hidden about it because I would get dropped off every day in ninth grade in this huge green bus labeled hidden Hills group home for girls, which oh, horrible. Imagine being in high school. You're already, so which meant that the kids in the, at high school, they would like, they wouldn't talk to us. They made fun of us. They shunned us. And then from there, I went back home it was still bad. So I ended up getting sent to a foster home. So I haven't lived at home basically since I was 13 years old. And with that, there is when I talk about mindset and success, I have to tell you that there is so much to be said about mindset. And I know it seems so overrated. It seems so overrated. And I'm writing a book right now called Stop, Snap and Switch. And I'll talk about it at some point during this program, but that we were trying to find a different word to use other than mindset. And like, I was like, what we going to use besides mindset? Because it's so overplayed because it has so much to do with success. I couldn't find one. I was like, it's, okay, we just got to use mindset because mindset is the factor from any success that I've had. Mindset is the factor of the, su- of the success of the thousands of students that I've ha- helped, you know, transform their lives. And it all starts from the mindset. So when you look at, I tell people, when you look at me, I have two multimillion dollar companies. Right. One of one of which I, you know, we did over a million dollars last year and I work at it about four hours a month. And and I tell them I'm just the girl that wet the bed until she was 10 from being abused. I'm the girl that was couldn't read until she was in fourth grade. And I'm the girl that hasn't lived at home since she was 13. That's who I am. And there's nothing special about me. There's nothing that makes me, you know, I'm just that girl that ended up, you know, becoming a boss babe. Right. Like that's it. (laughs) But anyone can do it. So don't look at people. And look for reasons why you can't do it. Look at people. Look for reasons why you can, and know that everybody has it in you. Doesn't matter who you are, where you're, you come from, your socioeconomic status. I mean, I had nothing. I, I when I turned uh, after I was graduated from high school, the foster parents kicked me out because their money quit coming in, and I had to figure out how to put myself through college and get. Like it was like you're done streets. So it's it's been it's been a rough road, but here I am now. <laughs>
2: That is such an incredible and inspiring story, Krista. And I just want to ask you a couple more questions about that because I agree, like mindset really is everything. And I often say success really is 80% mindset and 20% skill. It really is your ability to fail and keep going after the so-called failures. It's your ability to get back up when you fall down. It's your ability to hear no over and over again and to keep going until you hear that yes, yes. I'm really interested to understand what that switch was for you in the sense of like, oh, I can do this. Was this when you were 18? Was this when you were 20? Was this when you were like 30? Like, when was that like, oh, I'm actually going to create something for my life and I'm actually not going to go back to juvenile hall or prison or anything like that. What made you decide this was the route that you were going to take versus the alternative?
0: I get asked that a lot and I, I wish I had the right answer. Because I, I I don't feel like I do, but you know I was raised you know in a very strict religious background. I want I'm a pleaser like I'm still a pleaser. I want to please people. I want to do well, and so it was almost like I didn't belong in juvenile hall. I didn't belong in this group home. In fact, when I when I I got put in special education in second grade and I was there for two years, they taught me how to read. They like it was crazy. I could not read in second grade, and I left a sec uh, that two year special education class we're learning to read and I've got straight A's every single year thereafter. And, and it wasn't because I'm smart. Cause I, it's like, I have learning processing disorders. So things are really hard for me, but I'm, I'm very determined, almost like to prove to myself that I'm good enough. If that makes sense has, has a lot to do mm-hmm. with it. So when I was running away, the, the counselors were like, this doesn't make sense. You're, you're a straight A student in, and it doesn't match up. Something's wrong. So I think I've just always had a drive to like want to do well in everything that I do. And when I was in my foster home, I met some really great girls and they were just, they had good families. And then here I am, this kid from a foster where they were all like freaked out. And I just was like, I don't, I want, I don't want to end up bad. Like I I want to do the best that I can do, you know? So I had hung around really great people, really great group of girls. We were still all friends ever since. And I have just read every book you can imagine on, mindset and the way the brain works and visualization and positive affirmations and scientific research. And I I have just, because when you have physical abuse from a parent, it's one of the most traumatic kinds because they're the ones that are supposed to be protecting you. It's hard to deal with. So I've had to really work hard on, on what I say to myself, how I think about myself, how I view myself. I was telling you something kind of personal before we started. Like, I kind of feel like I'm two people sometimes, you know, like I'm just badass woman who's just accomplished many crazy things that you would can't even believe. But then there's that, that part of me that feels like, oh, I'm not good enough and I don't belong here. And, you know, so I'm constantly like fighting to let the good part and the good voice win. And I'm pretty good at it, you know, but sometimes the bad voice comes up and I just have to keep keep on fighting. So I don't know when it switched. I, I can't answer that. But I will just tell you that I have a, a hunger for really wanting to, to succeed. I have a hunger for wanting to help people. And that has had a lot to do. with
2: Yeah. I really relate to not the difficult upbringing, but the part where you're like, there's two sides of me of like feeling not worthy enough and then really wanting this. And I think that's just really important to share because Quite often, we put other people on pedestals and we think, oh, like you started off, it's okay for them. And also, they must never get imposter syndrome. They must never suffer with a lack of confidence. They must never get nervous before speaking. And I think it's just really important that people like you and I share, like, actually, that's complete BS. Like, I was just sharing with you the first time that I spoke on Tony Robbins' stage with like Dean Graziosi and like Jenna and all these people. I was petrified. I was shaking and I had to do all this breathing work and visualization. I was like, okay, I'm visualizing myself walking in and this being a successful, I'm definitely not going to visualize myself falling over because that's what my nightmare the night before was about. Even today I just posted, it's like, you might never feel like you're the smartest person or you are the prettiest person or you're the best person at this or the best person at that. But the point is, if you become content with who you are, that's when you can actually really take action. And I think that's probably where you and I both come from. It's like, well, okay, we don't have all these things figured out. But what we do know is that we want our lives to look a certain way. And so even though we're terrified and we're scared, we're actually going to do it anyway, because it means more for us to try that than to give up where we're at. I wanted to start there because a big thing for lots of the population, but I think particularly women, is actually feeling very uncomfortable with their mindset around making money and sales and actually feeling that, oh my God, if I'm selling to someone, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I feel, oh no, I'm a saleswoman, And I think that has this weird stigma. So I want to lead from this like mindset piece and understanding mindset to go into sales because you have sold millions and millions of dollars over your career. And I wonder what some of the battles were as you started heading into, okay, I want to make a difference in my life. Okay, I need to sell. How do I do that? And like, what does all of that look
0: like? First of all, I love selling. I don't consider it selling. And if I, I would say I'm a horrible sales person but yet we've, we've, you know, we, we had a $4 million month in February. We, we've had, we've done over a million dollars a month for 19 months now in a row. And, and it's all because I love selling. Like, and it's because I know that I need to sell to, to really help somebody. So I believe that selling is service. And that when, you know, if you're good at something and you can help somebody achieve a result faster and you can get them from where they are to where they deserve to go, and and help them not make all the mistakes and and really collapse time frames right and you know take a quantum leap a quantum leap is like all of a sudden you just you're there and when you can help someone do that it's not selling it is your it's service you're serving them you're helping them and if you don't sell to them this and you all need to hear me and listen to me about this and i say this so confidently is that if you are not selling to them you are not helping them and you're really, truly, you're hurting them. You really are hurting them because people need the help. You can Google anything. I mean, I've written four best best-selling books. This one right here right, is t- teaches real estate agents how to sell a hundred plus homes a year and it gives away all my secrets, but it doesn't matter. They need, this book is not enough. You can Google anything, right? Russell Brunson, Dan Sullivan, they always say, ask who, not how, who can help me get there. Success leaves clues. And so when you, when you're following somebody who is successful and they're teaching you what not to do, how to tweak something, how to, how to, you know, do something a little bit differently, how to just maneuver that they've already failed at or tried or didn't do. And they help you get there. I mean, I mean, imagine I've been doing this for 21 years now, like literally selling for 21 years. And I've, I've learned some pretty cool strategies along the way I've spent, I can honestly say over a million dollars probably in my own personal education. I mean, I just wrote a check to Russell Brunson for $150,000. I wrote a check the year before for, you know, for 25. And and then it's like, I'm paying these people and they're selling to me, but really they're serving me because I would never be able to be where I'm at if I did not get the guidance and the help and the support they had to sell me. I had to say yes in order to get where I, where I am. And, you know, I remember, um, when I wanted to change careers because I was in real estate, I was in the top 1% of real estate agents, and I did, I think we did $1.6 million that, that year that I left real estate. I sold 154 homes. And um, the average realtor sells like two homes a year. And so my mom and dad, who love me very much, and my husband says said to me, Krista, normal people at 46 don't leave their careers, that they're making over a million dollars to become a coach and help. No one is going to pay you to coach them, Krista. We love you, but it won't happen. So I had to be in real estate for 14 Years before I ever hit a million, right, and and it was a million dollars in a year, right, and we were able to do hit a million dollars in eleven months in our coaching business. And so now we do a million dollars a month. So what what took me seventeen years to accomplish, we are we do every month now, right, and then we've even we've doubled, we've tripled, we've quadrupled it in a month one time. So I, I say that because of this, if I was never sold. help of a mentor who had been there and done the thing, I would never be able to fast track my results as a real estate Mm -hmm. agent. I was so exhausted working nonstop. You don't get breaks as a real estate agent. I was miserable working every weekend, every night. My phone, like I had anxiety constantly, felt like an elephant was sitting on my face because of the stress. And I didn't even realize it until I got out of it. I couldn't do it anymore. And had I just listened to them, I don't even know, I probably would have had a heart attack by now, but... I wouldn't have, thank gosh I was sold, but yeah. I can get, I can tell you there's, there's some secrets to selling and the biggest secret to selling is number one is, is really understanding who it is that you're selling to, knowing exactly who they are and what they need and speaking directly to them is one thing. The second thing is, is that your biggest obstacle when selling is to get people to believe in themselves to get people to believe that they can do it. That's your hardest thing. If you look at these, um, and I've, I've been studying like, I've been for the past four years, I've been flying around, going, taking every seminar training you can imagine, doing it virtually, like watching the sales process. And the, and one of the biggest things that people do is they really work on the belief of people, getting them to believe. Because just like you said, people will look at people and think like they're just
1: successful because of what, right? So you've got to get people to believe that they can do it and, it will, and that it will work for them. Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches no matter where you are. Every new membership comes with a 30 day money back guarantee. So there's no risk. And right now our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash boss babe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash boss babe masterclass.com slash boss babe
3: Right now, Prolon is offering Boss Babe podcast listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to ProlonLife.com slash Boss Babe. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash Boss Babe for this special offer. ProlonLife.com slash Boss Babe. Right.
0: It's not just going to work for you, Danielle, because you have this beautiful accent and you're so cute, but it'll work for you because it works for anyone, right? And then lastly is seeding the offer. And seeding the belief from the second you step foot on that stage to the second you make the offer, like they believe they can do it the whole time because you're, you're helping them and they know exactly what you're selling, why they need it, why they have to have it. And when you exude absolute confidence and enthusiasm about what you are selling and you're not afraid to, I'm like, I tell them, I love selling to you because I know you need my help to get this. You cannot do this on your own. I mean, there's, there's a study called the change Your die study. And what it, it talks about how people with um, heart problems that had, the, the doctors told them you're going to die if you don't quit drinking alcohol, if you don't start exercising with like, if you don't change your behavior, you're going to die. After a year with death on the line, nine out of 10 people could not change. Nine out of 10, they couldn't make the change. But there was another group that had the coaching, the accountability and the support. 77% of those people were able to change. So you're seven times more likely with help. So just think of that. If people think that they can make changes on their own, you need the help. They need the help. Your person needs your help. So you want to sell the crap out of them and you want to love doing it and be so confident. And when you can get them that belief, they can see your confidence. They can do anything. I just want to highlight a couple of
2: things that you said. I think selling a service, 100% agree. And I think that's why it's really important to make sure you have a product that you think is the best in the market. And so anyone listening to this who is like, oh, I don't know if my product's that good. like I say you have to go back and start there because to actually sell confidently, if you don't believe what you're selling, whether it's an agency, it's a coaching business, it's a shampoo, like whatever that is, you have to feel like, you know what? they deserve to have my product in their hands because I know it's going to add to their lives. So I think that's really, really powerful first off. And then also that belief. I think some people just, there is an art to selling. Like that's why they say it. And kind of a science. And I think you're just calling out that belief, like someone has to believe in it. And we talk a lot by selling a version versus your actual product and really like what is that overcoming and that's really crucial but I watched a couple of your reels et etc and you said one thing that I really really love and I would love to dive into this a little bit more when it comes to selling you always say you talk about winning before you arrive. So can you break that down a little bit more as to what that actually means in alignment with selling?
0: Yes, 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 I love that. So I actually got that term from Sharon Survatis. He's someone I follow online, good friend of mine. But he uses it in a different context. But I was like, oh my gosh, when before you arrive. So winning before you arrive is that people know who you are, they know what your product and service is, they know that you understand them and you can help them. You add as much value as possible and you position yourself as different before they even interact with you. Okay. So let me give you an example. If I was just to use this for a real estate agent. All right. So I teach real estate agents how to really, really create content within their community and how to like create videos and solve problems and talk about the selling experience to talk about their community, to talk about, you know, so they basically, they're developing a relationship with their community before they even, before they eat the community even knows they need their services. So the community is seeing them as what I call a community market leader. I, I have that term copyrighted. And they are somebody, anytime somebody thinks about real estate, and I want you to think about this when you're listening to this. If somebody is is needing your product or service, they should know who you are and be thinking about you before they even need it. You need to make it to where it's impossible for the person not to know about you, your product, and your service, and what you offer to the people that are going after you. And you do, that's how you win before you arrive, right? You also do it by adding so much value and doing being so completely unmatched from what your competition is doing that it's like impossible for people to say no to you. So this is just crazy. So for an example, and again, I'm just using a real estate example because I've got more experience than that. But my students will create all these videos and they'll take these videos and they'll make sure that people in the community see them over and over and over again so they feel like they actually know them. And then they raise their hand and they want an appointment. So before that appointment, I have them drop off a book, a, a book that shows they're an author in real estate. I have them drop off their marketing plan. They they direct them to a 17 minute video about how marketing is important and why they absolutely have to hire an agent that understands. What marketing is, and I, and they send a seller's guide, and they take into this huge process before they even get to the front door, before they've even had the appointment. And I will tell you that that's when before you arrive, they've made the decision to hire you before they've even met you because you are unmatched. Your your competition is doing none of that. And I have had student after student after student say, ever since I started doing your process, I have yet to lose a listing. I I can go up against five people, eight people, and I win it every time because they like no one is doing what they're doing. So that's winning before you arrive. So in your business, you have to think about if your clients that are going after you, do they know who you are? Do they know what you offer? Do they know that it can help them? And are you helping them with the belief that it's like unshakable that it can work? It can work for them no matter who they are, what age you know, age, socioeconomic status doesn't make a difference. And then if that's the first thing, and then what are you going to do before you drive traffic, before they actually have an interaction with you or a meeting with you, what are you going to do to position yourself and do something to where it's like, it's impossible for them to say no, because of the things you did before you even asked for the sale.
2: I think that's so, so key to highlight. And it's just like that value add, like you say, like what value are you delivering beforehand before you actually want to ask for something? I always think about like, you have to pour into someone before you can accept any energy back. And it's like money for me is this, I've really had to like work on this because I didn't come from a wealthy background, but it's like an uh, energy exchange. And, you know, for that energy to keep moving, I was saying like, yeah, like what am I bringing to other people's lives before I'm actually saying, yeah, let me help you to that next step. So I think that's really key. I'm also really curious as to how you think as we head in towards this, like, next economic chapter, shall we say, how you think people can prepare. Because I was again, just like, you know, I always like to do research on people I'm interviewing. And you were talking about like the last recession and like how in your business, you were in real estate at that point. And notoriously, that would have been a really, really difficult time for anyone in real estate. Yet you actually made pivots that resulted in you selling like 189 homes that year. I just want to talk about that. I said 169. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, still pretty incredible. And I think it's like that shift that's like, oh, I actually, I'm not a victim in this. I get to pivot. I get to learn and find the best way through. So just want to talk about your mindset at that time and how you'll be applying that this time and how you think other people can apply that in their businesses
0: as well. So, Danielle, you said something really impactful right now. You said, I h- I get to, Okay. I want you to all to start developing the mindset of not I have to, but I get to. Things don't happen to you. They happen for you. And now your listeners are smart at the fact they're listening to you. You've done the thing they're trying to do. You're entrepreneurial. You're super wildly successful. You interview great people. And it's like they're here listening, right? But that is such a small percentage of the population. So your listeners have a competitive advantage because most people during times of crisis freeze. They stop. They're paranoid. They let their thoughts overcome them. Like, look at when you turn on the news. It's what the conversations over the past six months or three months have been totally different. In the past, you know, twenty-four. Right? People are talking about the recession, interest rates, inflation, the war. Now, monkeypox. I mean, it's like, what the heck is that even? It's always negative, negative, negative. So most people they retreat. They hold back. They stop investing. They, they they hold on to their their dollar, which is worth nothing right now. Instead of taking that dollar and saying everyone else is freaking out, now's the time when I go all in. Okay, so like when when Corona hit, we completely changed our business model. My, my mentor said you guys you should be doing a virtual event. I'd been talking about doing an event you know for three years prior, never did it. We decided to do it. We did one. It was one point three million or one point four million dollars. Our first virtual event, just on Zoom. We didn't have fancy. It was just Zoom and me and about 400 people, and we did 1. Point, I think it was 1.4, 1.3 or 1.4 million, because we just said, "Screw it, we're doing it now's the time," right? And we changed what we were doing before. Before we weren't doing that. We had people calling people, and you know, and it was so expensive and lengthy and hard. But and and then what we did was we thought, "Oh my gosh, this worked. How can we?" how can we go all in? How can we invest in this? How can we you know, really make this better? How can we improve? How can we optimize? How can we change it? How can we tweak it? And we started analyzing every single thing that we did during that event. And each time we would change one thing. Now that change didn't always result in a good thing. One time we lost, because we've done this so much now we can tell, we know exactly how much money we're going to make based upon how many people we get to the event. We, it's like the KPIs tell us, right? Well, one, one event we were set, we were set to do a million. It was going to be a $3 million month, hands down. We did $900 less, $900,000 less than we thought we were going to do. Now, most people would be like, holy crap, that like you almost made a million dollars less, weren't you mad? And we were like, I mean, yeah, it kind of sucked. But I was like, okay, we don't have to do that again. Let's not do that again. We're going to do this. Right? So we just kept doing that. We kept learning. And so I don't consider failure a bad thing. I consider failure, it means that I'm, I'm learning, I'm moving forward, I'm growing. So I, I really have had to change my definition of what I think failure is and how I feel about failure. And I think everyone needs to do that, right? So right now, everyone, is your time to seriously like thrive? Like, really? Because most people in your industry, they're scared and they're freezing. They're not taking action. They're like, the amygdala, the part of their brain that says, oh, no, things are bad. You better, you better stay in your comfort zone. You better, you know, that's what's happening. You want to focus on your, your uh, prefrontal cortex, the part of your brain that says, now's the time, go for it. And let me tell you, now is the time. <laughs> you know how many agents I talk to now that will tell me, oh, my gosh, I thought that during the COVID, no agents were working. And I'm like, I have trained agents that had the best year of their life, best years of their life in real estate because they were working. Now is the time change what you're saying, change what you're focusing on. Go and read the book, like cybergenetics. go and read books that talk about mindset and how important your thoughts are. Your brain has these things called neurotransmitters. And they, they, every morning when you wake up, they're like brand new little baby ones that you can choose to like use in a good way or use in a bad way. Start thinking about good things, your thoughts. Okay. Which are your actions, your beliefs, and your philosophies. Those turn into your actions, your habits, your routines, your, rit- your rituals, how you implement. And that turns into your life, your outcome, your result, your success. So thoughts, actions, life. It all starts from your thoughts. And that's why the mindset portion of it is too, too, is too, too scary. Who are you talking to? Who are you listening to? Who are you surrounding yourself with? What are you saying? What are they saying? Be so hyper-focused on it. And change what you are saying to look for solutions, to look for results. And once you start doing that, you train your brain to be, as Dan Sullivan would say, in the gap and the gain, success conscious, right? More successes will happen, right? Success brings success. uh, You know, focus on your wins, focus on what you're doing right, all the little things, and more of it will come. That's how you survive a recession. You survive a recession by focusing on what you're saying to yourself, investing in your knowledge. Warren Buffett. I just did it. He does this release every year. And he said that the best hedge against recession is investing in a business that doesn't have like huge, huge overhead. We have to buy all this product and investing in your knowledge and in yourself, improve your skill set. improve what you do, be better than anyone else, offer more value, serve the people to the fullest. That's how you survive a recession. And that's how I did it both times. So like I feel like there's a mic
2: drop moment here. Like that is literally so, so true though. And I think people overcomplicate it in the sense of like, oh my goodness, now I need to completely jump industries or now I need to have a complete new office set. And it's like, no, first of all, COVID was a little bit different because circumstances changed and we all had to pivot more into like the things that we were actually offering. But this time it's more about double down on what you're already doing well. Double down and make sure like, you know, we all know sales is about a funnel. So let's say you're gonna have a thousand at the top, thousand people might need to see you for five people to buy, et cetera. Well, what can you do that helps so more of those thousand people drop to that actual buying level? So you turn that five into a 10. Like what does that journey look like? And if you listen to this and you don't actually understand what I'm saying, this is where you get to go and invest in your education. And understanding what a sales funnel is, and understanding what that process—you know, just like Christy, you've been talking about how you get people to almost be ready for that sale, even before you get them to that point. Recession's are times where it's so important. Like the people, like you say, who stand out are the people who are committed to themselves, committed to their business, are committed to finding a way versus finding an excuse why they're not going to succeed. And I think sometimes we have to have these cold, hard looks at ourselves and go, you know what? I can really take ownership. And you spoke about your thoughts creating your actions, create your life. And I could not agree more. I talk about the same thing. We're all in control of our thoughts. So if you take back that power and say, right, I own my thoughts and I'm going to control what I think. And that doesn't mean that you don't have the odd bad thought. Like I heard this analogy the other day around like, let's say you're like going down a lazy river and it's beautiful and the setting is amazing and then you see a piece of rubbish just floating in the corner. Like you don't all of a sudden not really like, Taking the surroundings because there's a piece of like rubbish there that's ugly. You might go over that, grab that and be like, okay, I'm going to put this in the trash because I don't want it messing this beautiful environment up. But you deal with that one little thing and then move on from it. Sometimes we don't give ourselves that power in our thoughts. We think, oh my goodness, I thought one bad thing. So now I have to go down this negative spiral and the whole place is a mess versus being like, oh, you know what? That was just one piece of rubbish that floated by and I dealt with that at the right time. It's okay that there was one piece of rubbish. And I think just like Really, gaining control around your own thoughts is instrumental in how you succeed in business.
0: In life, you're gonna have—I mean, every day, right? There, uh, there's a study from, I think it was Harvard. They said that every day you have between twelve thousand and sixty thousand thoughts. And what I would honestly love to do too, if if you if you're ever willing, Danielle, but this is a lot about mindset. I'd love to do like like this is the precursor of being having multi-million dollar companies. We can do that like a part two, where it's like full on strategies, tactics, and business. But this is where it starts. And you're going to have negative thoughts, but it's the ability of recognize it and going, oh, that's negative. Let me, let me turn it around. And that's that's a strategy that I have. It's called Stop, Step, and Switch. I'm writing a book on it right now. We're just about done. I'm so excited. Like I have never been so excited about a book than this one because I'm obsessed with personal development. And it's all like it's it's research based and scientific based. So don't think that me and Danielle are being woo-woo. It's not woo-woo. is scientific research about how the brain works, okay? So when you have a negative thought, it's just about going, oh my God, that's a negative thought. Like, I'm going to stop and recognize it. Then you you have a little bracelet and you you snap the bracelet and you switch the bracelet to it. It could be a hair tie, a rubber band, a a bracelet. And you take that negative thought and you turn it around. When you start to do this and you become more cognizant and aware of what you're saying, what you're thinking, you start to train your brain to realize the negativity and turn it around so you you start thinking less and less and less negative. I'm to a point now in my life, and this sounds crazy, to where I know I can't turn invisible, I know I can't fly, I know I can't come back to life after I die, but those things are like supernatural. But I know that there's not anything that I can't accomplish, you know? And it's only because I've trained myself. I don't look for the reasons why I can't do things. I look for reasons why I can. I don't ask myself the question, How am I going to do that? Because I know that once I ask myself how, it's like triggering me to not do anything at all. I just take action, but I'm success conscious, noticing what I'm thinking, noticing what I'm saying, telling my brain to look for opportunities. Tell your brain right now, people to look for opportunities of success, you know, train your brain to, to help you get what you want to get. You know, Tony Robbins says that one of the best keys to success is momentum. He says, momentum, like, you know what is momentum, right? You'll see people and you're like, oh my God, how in the heck have you done million dollar months, you know, during the COVID and all the recession every month for, for, you know, going on your seven, uh, eight, six, 12, 17 months. Like how? And I'm like, well, I have momentum. Well, how did I have momentum before I started? Tony says, you visualize the results in your mind in advance, right? Like you see the results in your mind in advance. You act as if, you visualize, you think about it, you focus as if it's already happening. And that starts when you, that belief, that visualization helps create belief, which helps create momentum. And so, um, I hope that your listeners aren't tuning out. I hope they're not like, man, this is boring. This is woo. This is so real. I would never be able to be where I'm at. And I'll tell you, I have seen this in hundreds and hundreds of people, uh, domestic abuse by women, uh, sexually abused women, people that have been born in such poverty, people that had zero business and are beating the most, most top producing agents in their industry. They will all tell me it's the mindset. They don't tell me it's me teaching them how to build million dollar funnels or me teaching, giving them the sales script or me, me giving them all the, 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 you know, the tactics. It's, it starts from, from the mindset. And like you say, like the tactics do come. There are definitely ways
2: and science and formulas to sell. But if you don't get this foundation, right, you won't even be able to look for them. You won't even be able to ask for them. You won't even be able to like take that step and going, do you know what? I'm going to invest in that $1,000 product. I'm going to start investing in that $10,000 product. I'm going to invest 150,000 into my mentorship because I know I can make way more back from that. Like If you don't start at that point where you're like, you know what, I'm ready to invest and take that next step because I believe in myself and my capabilities, you won't reach that next level. And I think that's probably like the biggest call out that Crystal and I are both making is like, you have to work on that mindset initially to then be able to even seek out and apply the tactics. Because if you don't have that mindset, then you also don't go, okay, you know what, I'm going to put that virtual event on, or I'm going to work on doing that script. And, oh, actually, I'm going to try something new. Oh, that didn't work. I'm not going to quit and fail now. I'm going to come back, reinvest more into that and try again. Those are the key things that really, like you say, help with the sell. And one thing I notice a lot, like we talk a lot about building on social media and it's always really surprising to me, like people don't want to post because they don't want negative feedback from the post. They're like, oh my God, I don't post because it's not going to be perfect because I need 100 likes or 200 likes. But then by not posting, they're not getting any likes. And what I'm saying is like permission for everything that you do not to succeed, because it's when you don't succeed that you actually get to learn. Like if I post something and it doesn't do well, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. People actually don't resonate with this type of material. They resonate more with this type of material. So I'll go more towards that type of material. Just even the example that you were saying about your events, I think that's what you continuously do too it's like okay I'm gonna try this thing I'm not gonna take it personally when it doesn't work I'm just gonna acknowledge oh that didn't work so well cool let me try again and something new and I think there's this whole thing around us and I don't know whether it comes from schools I don't know really where it comes from in the education system but it's like if something doesn't do well first time like I've not done very well and like that couldn't be further from the truth it just didn't Resonate and that's okay. And I think neutralizing that versus like allowing yourself to become attached personally, whether a good person or a bad person isn't attached on the outcome, it's actually attached to the progress that we make. When you start realizing and differentiating those two things, that's actually really freeing to be able to develop or be able to try new things and move
0: forwards in your business. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Results come from taking action, right? But if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't believe something's gonna work, how much action are you gonna take? You're gonna take little action, which is gonna create little or no results, and then you're gonna say, see, I told you it wouldn't work, and so you're not gonna do it again. Or if you try it again and you're gonna try less hard because you really don't believe it's gonna work. So you're gonna take even less action and you're gonna say to yourself again, oh see, it didn't work. I mean, that's what what why the mindset portion is so so important, right? Mm-hmm. So work on believing in yourself. How do you create how do you create belief? You create belief by seeing the results in advance in your mind. That's come straight from Tony Robbins, right? Seeing the results in advance in your mind. And and you do that by thinking about positively, by visualizing it, by doing all of that. And I think that's the start. I know that's the start for success because it doesn't matter if they hire you and that you give them the exact step by step and you give them the funnels and all the things. If they don't have the right mindset regarding it, it won't work anyways. And I've seen this happen over and over again in my own trainings, right? People pay me between ten and $30,000 to work with me in a year. And there's been people that have, I mean, you're talking completely transformed their lives and there's ones that haven't done a damn thing. And I can tell the ones that don't do well, it's because they don't Believe that it's going to work. They don't believe in themselves. They haven't spent the time going through. You know, it's like they're always they're looking for the reasons why it won't work instead of the reasons why it will. And so they don't. Their brain gives them exactly what they're saying and thinking. Ask yourself this question: What are you saying to yourself? What are you thinking about? Where? What are you focusing on? Right? And it's okay. Look in the mirror and say, if it's not right, that's okay. Change it. Make the decision right now. Like I'm changing this. This is how I'm going to be. I mean. Who do you learn from? Someone that's done the thing, right? I mean, you are wildly successful. And I love what you said. There's times I was telling you before the thing started, I'm involved right now in this launch. And I'm like, I'm going up against these wildly successful people with millions of followers. I don't have millions of followers. And I was at, like, why? I, I said to myself, how am I going to do this? And I didn't say, don't ask Cal to just do it. Because if I really had to think about it, I would never have done it. Because I'm going up against people that it's like almost impossible to beat. But I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be one of those people. I told you beforehand, right? Like, and, and guess what? I'll call me next Thursday, Danielle, and I'll tell you. Actually, Saturdays. I think cart closes next Saturday, so call me and I'll tell you that. Yes, I am there. I'm um, just like you were, which you were so wildly successful. Like when you talk about being on Tony and Dean's, but. I don't know. I just think I, anybody can do it. And just, you know, it all starts with with your belief, with your focus, with your mindset. And then from there, you can build multi-million dollar businesses with a lot of work and a lot of consistency and with never giving up. I love that. So, so true.
2: Okay. So I want to round out this interview with some, like, we have spoken a lot about the mindset and both of us agree. Like that's 80% of it. And I was going to give some more tangible tips around like closing sales. And so we spoke a little bit about like preparing someone, getting them almost prime before you meet them for that sale. But what would you say are your like top three things that you're like, these are core things that you need to do to increase your closing
0: sale rate? Okay, you need to develop a relationship with your audience ahead of time. And you, the best way to do that is through video. And I know some of you hate doing video. If you asked me about doing video or getting in front of people, I would rather, you know, eat dog poop. Like it's, it's not fun. It's Same. not fun at all. Yeah. Like, I mean, when I have to get in front of people live, I feel like I'm going to die. I feel like they can see my heart coming uh, out. Like really, it's the worst thing ever. And then I feel like I do the, I feel like I do the worst job, but develop a relationship. Like that's how you look. That's how you sound. That what's worse, people hating you or people not knowing about you at all. What's worse is them not knowing about you at all. And research shows the more often somebody sees you, the more likely they are to start liking you, right? And who do you want to work with or buy from? People that you like. So start developing a relationship with your community by creating content. Don't just talk about your business. Give them some quick tips, something that you learned. Be a reporter. All that stuff matters. All those things matter. Talk about a book that you read. Talk about something you totally screwed up on. Don't be afraid to be too vulnerable. Don't be too vulnerable though like right when you're going through something if you're like for example if you're a business coach and you're you know you're a marriage counselor you're, you're doing marriage counseling and you and your husband are already divorce don't talk about it until you guys make up right like <laughs> wait until you make, you make you made up until you talk about it but that's the first thing start creating video content and make sure that video content speaks directly to the person make sure you're honing in on what are they thinking where do they want to go what problems are they having get in their minds literally and and speak directly to that person. Be super, super honed in on your niche, who your client avatar is. Dean Graziasi calls it the dot, right? Like wh- exactly who those people are and speak directly to them. So creating video content is, is the very, very first thing. Then I want you to think about really, really focusing in on your top of funnel. Russell had Branson had me speak at Funnel Hacking Live last year on the pre-funnel. Right. Which is what I just talked to you about. He's like, how are you doing so well converting um, with not that large of a list? And I was like, well, it's because I'm, I win before I arrived. So yeah, we had me talk about this whole strategy on creating video content. And I spend money on getting my video content out to my audience without ever asking them to do anything. So the first thing I do is I, I give value. I let them get to know me. I, I spend money marketing myself to people just so I can show up in their feed, just so that they can see me. I don't ask them to click or download or anything. They're just watching. So that's the first step. The second step, as I move them down my funnel, is, okay, they watched my first video. Now they're going to watch my second video. And on this one, I'm going to see if they want to click or download, right? Download this guide as you're watching the video. Click on this thing. Join this Facebook group. But They don't have to give me any information. Again, I'm just service-based. I'm not asking them. But, but really, first they're watching, then they're clicking. They're doing the next thing then once they've done that and they've watched several videos, then I'm going to say, Hey, now for this next super great thing, then give me your information. Okay. Now that I have their information, I need to make sure that I'm segmenting these people into the right audiences. Okay. So are you, are you segmenting? Are they going into the right audiences? If I'm a, you know, Single, white, female, I don't have the the same problems as a 51-year-old woman like myself that's going through menopause. My messaging needs to be different. I need to tweak what I'm saying to them. So segment your audience, and you can do that through quizzes. You can do that through just asking a couple questions and start putting the right content in front of the right people at the right time, because the more that your content speaks directly to somebody, the more likely they will convert. That's what marketing is. Marketing is attraction. You know, I'll I'll give the example. I've got hair extensions, so... If I see something hair club for men, I'm swiping left. But if I see something Mm -hmm. about how to make your hair grow and how not to have night sweats and hot flashes, I'm like, oh my God, I'll pay anything you need, right? Because that's where I'm at. So know who your audience is. And then lastly, you've got to be consistent. Don't worry about having, you know, I was telling Danielle, I I have probably around 30,000 active members that are really, really highly engaged. And, you know, we do million dollar months every month for the past 17 months during a recession, during COVID, during it all be it with a small list. But I offer so much value. I over deliver, like focus in right now on how do I get better? How do I love them more? How do I serve them harder? How do I absolutely make sure they get the result? If you're an a-hole, stop marketing, get, put the towel in the back. Like if you don't have a product or server that really, service that really, really works, stop selling it, right? You're never going to be successful. Make your product so successful and, and be relentless. I'm relentless about my customer's experience. I'm relentless about their success. Um, be relentless about your customers, your customer's success. And then lastly, keep honing in on what you're doing. You know, jack of all trades, master of none. Find the thing that works and keep making it better keep revising it, keep testing it, keep, t- keep tweaking it. These words are going too much and <laughs> better, and better and then, and never stop, right? Never stop. And don't move on to the next thing until that thing is so, so good. And it runs itself that you then can go to the next. I hope that
2: helps. That helped an absolute ton. And just So amazing. And thank you for being so inspiring and such an open book. I just want people to remember how quickly their lives can change. And like, it doesn't like the first year, like you were talking about the first 11 months was just that, First million, we were the same, but then you hit this hockey stick. And I just want to remind everyone listening to this: like, don't be daunted, don't be intimidated. No, you actually—it does not take that long to completely change and transform your life. What it does take is dedication, a mindset, hard work, not giving up. But every, I am so confident that every single person listening to this podcast can absolutely do that. And just want everyone to believe in themselves that bit more from listening to this, which I hope we've helped with. But honestly, Krista, thank you so much for coming on. I know lots of people listening, whether they're real estate agents or maybe they're in financial planning or something like that, probably listening like, wow, I want to learn from you even more. So I know that you have an event coming up too. Do you want to share some information? We can put links, et cetera, in the description
0: so that people can find out a little bit more about you. We actually have a a training that we've made for any professional, right? Dentist, financial planner, insurance agent. It doesn't make a difference. But if you go to kristamayshore.com forward slash bootcamp podcast, what will happen is you're going to be directed to a two and a half day virtual event that I do and sign up. It's virtual. You will get so much value out of it. And when I say real estate or lending, you just put in your profession. I don't care if you're selling t-shirts. We help the girl. Uh, do over $22,000 a month selling t-shirts using this strategy. So it doesn't matter what you're in. When I say real estate, when you show up for that, you just think about your profession is fill in the blank. Go there and watch the event, watch the sales process, watch how I help with people's belief, watch how I seed the offer. Those virtual events are million dollar events every time we have them. So if not anything else, just go there to learn the sales process because I show you exactly how to do it in that event.
2: I love that. Thank you so much, Krista. And what are your social handles too?
0: Uh, you just go to Krista um Krista Mayshore Coaching you just go to Krista everywhere and you'll find me on on everywhere I love that thank you so much Krista this was absolutely amazing
2: thank you so much for listening and if you enjoyed this episode on the Boss Babe podcast then I'd absolutely love it if you'd leave us a review as a thank you we'll send you our side hustle success kit your simple no BS guide to keeping track of everything that you need to do to start and grow your business. To access this freebie all you need to do is leave us a review then share a screenshot of your review with contact at bossbabe.com and we'll send this must-have kit straight to your inbox.